Chris Tire Information Whiskey, 2153 Zulu. Wind, 0605. 0606 Mike Juliet, this is Archer Radar Contact. Hazardous weather information from Minnesota available on flight service frequency. You've dialed in the Flying Midwest Podcast. Connecting aviators from across America's heartland. Sharing news, information, and events from around the region. Sit back, relax, and join our crew for some hangar talk as we discuss a wide variety of regional aviation topics. And now, from our home at the Anoka County Blaine Airport, our checklist is complete and we're ready for departure for another episode of the Flying Midwest Podcast. What is going on, everyone? Jim here with the Flying Midwest Podcast. So happy you're able to join us. On this episode, we're joined by Tomas and Nicole Eisnagel of the Instagram channel Flying Tandem. They'll share with us their story, their adventures in aviation, and their journeys across the country. And as always, news, information, and events from around the region with some friendly hangar talk along the way. So strap in and let's take off into this episode of the Flying Midwest Podcast. Hey guys, Trevor here. And today we've got Maddie. Hi. And Jim. Hi, Trevor. How are we all doing? I am rejuvenated slightly. Yeah. How was Colorado? It was super great. It was both hot and I got sunburned and it snowed. So I got to hike in the snow and yes, I fell on it. It was great. <laughs> like, spoken like a true Minnesotan. Yes. No, this was like Minnesota on steroids. We seriously got like a foot of snow after it being like 80 degrees the day before. It was awesome. Yeah, it's typical uh, Colorado. We define awesome yeah, well, differently. Yeah. Well, okay. I was there and I didn't have to shovel any of it because it melted. It was okay. That was great. But I also snowshoed up a mountain and then walked back down because the snowshoes were a little much. But I did it. You also went in the Denver airport and I'm sure anyone who's been in aviation or even just random conspiracy theories for any amount of time oh, yeah. knows all the weird things associated with the Denver airport. Uh, Blucifer being sentient. sentient. Sentient? I thought that was Dallas. Blucifer is in Denver. For sure in Denver. Um, and that the Illuminati, it's the Illuminati headquarters. And when the end of the world happens, like the world elite will be funneled through the tunnels and into baggage claim four. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> this stuff is awesome. I just heard there's so many creepy like murals and stuff all over the place. And yeah, there's, there like... is. there's gargoyles, especially you go under the uh, for the train between the concourses, um, and then the creepy music. This is Denver. Oh my gosh, that's right. Yeah, yep. and it's like it's eerie because it's underground and with the the really orange lights, you know, the old fashioned ones, and it's a really claustrophobic tunnel. It's very. And then weird. you get the the vertical strips as you're passing by. They're different lights, different colors, and they just kind of wave along there. Yeah. If you're on psychedelic drugs, you'd have a lot of fun. I'm never going to Denver. It's actually a pretty cool airport. I I miss Denver. I used to live out in Colorado and used to fly out to Denver all the time. It's fine. It's under a lot of maintenance right now, so everything was a little chaotic. Well, it's because the apocalypse is, is near and they got to get it ready. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Apparently, baggage claim four is always closed down for maintenance, and that's where the secret entrance is. So they get you for the Illuminati. I I didn't make this up. I swear, I did not make this up. It's on the internet. It's all over the internet. I'm well aware of that. <laughs> I love all of the weird theories and con- the conspiracy theories. Oh my gosh, amazing. So uh, one thing I do want to point out is before we get going here, I want to give a special shout out to Jeff Stopa down here in Arkansas. He's actually, to, to keep it Midwest, he's from Illinois. Well, allow it. He was so gracious to invite me into the C-130J sim, which you guys now have pictures of. I know I can land a C-130 now. Well, good. Jeff did a great job. He showed me an assault landing. Yeah, fantastic job. The guy's genius. I actually got to see how those things actually function and work and it's mind-boggling very cool opportunity it's it's neat that we were able to get a listener of the podcast to help hook you up with something like that so yeah just out of the blue that's very so cool. cool 
I was able to take in a cool event last Friday, I took the day off of work, and I went over to the great Minnesota Aviation Gathering over at the Buffalo Airport. And how was that? It's a good time. Um, so they had a lot of different vendors. Um, the hangar's going to get a new clock out of the deal. They've got these cool, like, big wood clocks that have basically any airport diagram you want to put on there that they'll, like, laser engrave into it. So we're going to get Anoka on a clock, and we're going to pop that in the hangar. So that's going to be pretty cool. Um, but that's they had a, cool. Yeah. So, no, but they also had a lot of good speakers there. So there's some pinch hitting courses that they put on that I think we've talked about in the podcast before um, of having those non-pilot frequent passengers take these hinge hitting courses. Um, so they had a, quite a few of those, actually. I think they did three of them in one day. And then kind of the, the big highlight of the day I went was Mark Baker was there from AOPA. Um, and he had an opportunity to talk to us a little bit about some of the things in the works for the future of general aviation. And one of the things that did come up is all the issues with the 100 low lead that's going on and just having to find a solution. And it's something that's definitely on ALPA's radar. In the show notes, we're going to include a link to a site. They do have areas where they're tracking all this uh, fuel issue stuff within the AOPA site. It's a great place to get some of those resources. And I will not in a million years be able to do justice to all the data they've collected. So I'm not going to try. So be good to check that out. He talked to you about just some STEM programs that are popping up as well as flying clubs are increasing across the country. Uh, and that's a, a big thing that AOPA is starting to advocate for and push a little bit more for to help build these flying clubs up because that's where a lot of people are, you know, engaging in aviation. Um, another interesting thing he mentioned is general aviation overall, if you compare now between 2019 is on an increase. So even though we're looking at these big pilot shortages and stuff like that, we keep talking about general aviation is starting to pick back up. So that is good news and hopefully a sign of good things to come. Absolutely. Definitely. Kind of hoping that uh, over the next two or three years that we can, you know, nip this, this pilot shortage in the butt and really start growing the industry again. Sure. Getting, getting kids with their, with their eyes up in the sky, you know, sort of thing. So overall, very cool event. They are going to continue to do this event. So Minnesota pilots specifically try to make your way out next year. It's a good time. Should we read some news? You should probably do that. All right. Minnesota State Patrols reported that one of their pilots was injured in a bird strike incident. The Bell 407 helicopter was assisting a law enforcement agency in Wabasha County, Minnesota, when the aircraft was returning and struck a duck in flight. So the duck struck the left side windshield of the aircraft and the co-pilot was injured in the collision. They were able to get the aircraft back to their flight operations base, and there was some damage to the windscreen as well as interior of the helicopter itself. On a slightly unrelated note, um, the Minnesota Department of Conservation is considering going after the two troopers for taking waterfowl out of season. <laughs> I like that part. That's funny. that's That's actually not my joke. So they did have a conservation officer pilot at the Minnesota Aviation Gathering, and that was his joke, and I stole it. So credit where credit is due. So, The Minnesota Air National Guard's uh, 133rd Airlift Wing just received its first of eight modified C-130H-3 aircraft. The modification is actually part of a, uh, uh, a rehabilitation program for the 130s, where it replaces the legacy four-bladed props for new eight-blade props, with new engines. The new upgrades are actually going to be great for the aircraft because it's going to allow the aircraft to fly a lot longer into the, the uh, 2020s, 2030s, and even 2040s. The reason why Minnesota is one of the latest to get it was because we have the newest H3 models before Lockheed went ahead and retooled for the J models. The performance is actually really, really different and basically makes the flying the airplane a lot better. You have a lot more power, you have a lot more endurance than the J models. Uh, you sacrifice a little bit of the speed, but it's actually a pretty cool, pretty cool mod. So if you hear something that, that sounds like a C-130, that sounds like a swarm of bees overhead, just look up, you might see one of your uh, C-130s from Minnesota. So it's not a C-130 doing an airdrop of beehives? Correct. Okay, that's one last thing for me to worry about in the summer. All right. Going over to Atchison, Kansas, the Amelia Earhart Hangar Museum is set to open ne sometime next year. It'll feature um, a lot of STEM-based interactive exhibits. It'll trace Amelia Earhart's career and legacy through these exhibits. And it will also include the last known Lockheed Electra 10-Echo aircraft, which is the model that Amelia Earhart flew. 
when she unfortunately passed away on her flight around the world. Atchison is where Amelia Earhart was born. So um, naturally, this is where the new museum is going to be. Every year, there's actually an Amelia Earhart festival, which takes place in the middle of July. And hopefully the museum will open next year at this time. This museum is intended for everyone. While it may or may not be geared towards school-age children, they're trying to make it so everybody can get something out of the museum. If you want to visit, Atchison is less than an hour away from Kansas City, Topeka, and St. Joseph. So make sure to go visit that museum if you can. Try to go out for that festival and see if you can go to the museum. Last note, one of the goals of this museum is to show uh, girls who see aviation or might see aviation as a boy's thing or something that's unattainable for them that they can get into aviation too. Because Amelia Earhart is somebody that everybody knows about. But I think this interactive experience um, will show a lot of girls that aviation can be for them too. Cool. Neat. Neat Reno. Making our way out east to Indianapolis. Those of you that have little kids know that, uh, more specifically babies, know that it's so hard to get formula. So U.S. Air Force to the rescue, flying Operation Fly Formula, which Air Force, if you're listening, big Air Force, terrible name. I'm sure you could have figured out something a little bit more catchphrasey. Do better. Given the magnitude of this issue that parents are facing in America today, basically, the United States Air Force delivered a uh, C-17 from Ramstein Air Base to Indianapolis full of baby formula to be distributed via FedEx all across the nation. Now, some of you guys may have remembered a uh, problem with the Abbott Nutrition Center. They had to do a recall, which now gave a, a, a deficit to available baby formula. And so some countries decided to help out. Nestle decided to provide 114 pallets of goods to come to the United States. President Biden went ahead and invoked the Defense Production Act. Some of you guys might have remembered that under President Trump when he authorized several manufacturers for the COVID vaccine. Now they're being retooled for making baby formula. Unfortunately, that process is a little bit slower, but it's great to see the Air Force and the aviation community, especially in the Midwest, being a logistics leader in supply chain and delivering that stuff to homes across America. On another serious note, uh, this last weekend, unfortunately, a competitor in an AOPA-sponsored stall competition in Nebraska was killed uh, when his Cessna 140 um, stalled and crashed on an approach to landing. Unfortunately, we don't know exactly what happened yet. But it seemed to two eyewitnesses, it rolled and dove during or soon after the base final turn and struck the ground in in view of shocked spectators. The accident happened on the second day of the planned four-day May Day Stoll 2022 event at Wayne Municipal Airport in Wayne, Nebraska. The gentleman who passed away was Tom Defoe, and he was taking part in an unscheduled heat of a traditional stoll competition where takeoff and landing distance is all that's measured. Thankfully, his employer, Jet Aviva, has... um, started a fundraiser for Defoe's family. Yeah, it's really sad that we've lost yet another aviator in a tragic accident. Our thoughts are with Tom Defoe and his family, as well as all those who are participants and spectators of that event. Pretty tough thing to witness, I'd imagine. If you've been in aviation long enough, you unfortunately know people that have succumbed. This last story, you know, it it hits a lot of people very hard. And, you know, one thing to keep their memories alive is actually going to a lot of these, you know, pancake breakfasts and things like that, because... That's where you really get together as, as a community and we can discuss them. We can have, you know, learning discussions. Remember these people that have gone before us doing things that they absolutely love to do. Yeah. Community is really important in aviation. I think that we all are in some way, shape or form. It goes beyond just flying the aircraft. The community part of this is a big part of it. So, and that's why we actually do the events portion of this podcast as well. And frankly, what we do the podcast to help build that community and, you know, connect aviators with one another. And that wraps up our news. Let's talk about some events that are coming around the Midwest. Let's. We'll start off with one fairly close to home for me, the Nokakati Blaine Airport. June 11th, between 10 a.m. and 2 p.m., the Blaine Burger Bash Fly-In. It's hosted by EAA Chapter 237. The event will take place at the Atlantic FBO at the airport. No landing fees or ramp fees will be associated. There'll be a $1 per gallon fuel discount as well. Big deal right now, right? For real. Yeah. Um, another part of this event is it's going to go towards educational initiatives and Young Eagle flights through that EAA chapter, but I believe that there's also going to be opportunity to help determine interest and volunteers for the return of the Discover Aviation Days, which is an annual event that's held at the airport to help promote and showcase aviation to the local community. 
Heading over to Wausau, Wisconsin now, the Wings Over Wausau event will take place on June 24th at 4 p.m. That event features vintage car shows, drone demonstrations, local air shows presented by local pilots, as well as a large firework display at the end of the festivities. More information will be listed on their website, which we will include in the show notes. Next up, Air Power History Tour coming to Chicago, Illinois. This event will take place Wednesday, July 13th at 9 a.m. and will be at the Lewis University Airport. This will be your opportunity to see iconic aircraft like the B-29 Super Fortress and a B-24 Liberator when they visit Chicago, Illinois. Information is available at www.airpowersquadron.org. On the weekend of July 16th, the Duluth Air and Aviation Expo, presented by Essentia Health, will be in Duluth, Minnesota. The air show will feature the United States Air Force Thunderbirds, among many other acts, so check it out. And one event that we haven't talked about before, but apparently has been going on for quite a long time, the third Thursday barbecues at the Mason City Municipal Airport. Apparently a group of aviators flock to Mason City to participate in the monthly burger burn. In talking to Waterloo Jack, our last episode, he's going to hate me for calling him that again. <laughs> He said he was fine with it. I know he did, but I, now I feel bad. He's probably getting made fun of by the three people that listen to our podcast. It's not nice. <laughs> I think it has a nice ring to it. I do too. In talking with Jack at our last podcast, he says this is actually a really cool event the week before Oshkosh. When you've got people transiting from across the country, bringing their aircraft for the show, and they end up coming into that airport and kind of congregating. It's that third Thursday before the air show. So this year, that's going to be on July 21st. Uh, looks like it typically starts in the evening hours around 6 or 6.30. So that is a continual one that you can check out and have a grand old time. I'm going to try to get down to one of these. It I sounds it really cool. I mean, it would be a bit out of the way, but it'd be cool. It's only like an hour, hour not, and 10 minutes. Yeah, it's, it's not that long of a flight down. <clears throat> I looked it up. Oh, really? So, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's really about an hour, hour and 10. be cool to oh, check that out. too bad. Go visit Jack. Go meet some people. Have some burgers. That actually does sound like fun. Yeah. Can I go with? I'll think about it. All right, you guys. So unfortunately, I was not able to participate in the interview this week because I was busy climbing mountains and goofing off in Colorado. So what did you guys end up talking about? Airplanes and stuff. Lots and lots of airplanes. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, guys. You're welcome. So do tell me, who are our lovely guests and... What are they all about? We have Tomas and Nicole. They have the Instagram page, Flying Tandem. They are a couple out of Minnesota who explore aviation and the country together. Essentially, Tomas is working towards building up his hours for his uh, ATP. And they figure what a better way to do this than just to go explore the countryside together. And they go on all these trips and they put it on the internet. So we talked to them about how they got their start where they plan on taking their content, things like that, and just how they got into all this. That sounds great. Well, guys, I hope you enjoy. On this episode, we're going to welcome the husband and wife duo of Tomas and Nicole Eisnagel. They showcase their love of aviation on their social media channels under the name of Flying Tandem. They have nearly 16,000 followers on Instagram, and this Minnesota couple highlights their travels across the United States and beyond. How are you guys doing? Doing all right. We're doing well. How are you guys doing? Wonderful. Living the dream. We're excited to be talking with you guys. Yeah, yeah, we're excited to have you guys. You were one of the, as we were looking around just as we started this, like, who could we bring on here? Like, we ran into you guys' Instagram pretty early on, and we're like, it'd be great to have those guys. And here we are. So this is awesome. We've been looking forward to this for months. Have you really? That's awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. No that makes me so excited. <laughs> Well, we've, we've only been around for five months, so. That's how long they've been excited. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we were in contact pretty early on, so. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be honest with you. Um, we created this new little bit that we do at the beginning to kind of warm things up, get people comfortable, and really just ask you a rapid fire series of questions and see how well you think on your feet. Um, we called it, okay, by we, I mean I. I called it, um, with in the spirit of the new Top Gun movie coming out, launch the Alert 5, but... It's now the more I think about it, the stupider it sounds. So if you guys have a better name for it, I'm all ears. I'm not sure the best way to do this since there's two of you. We have five questions. Do you both want to give an answer or should we just 
throw it out there. Maybe it could be like a almost Depending a competition. <laughs> who can answer first? Ooh. Oh, that'd be good. I think who, who can answer first, and then the other still has to answer. I like okay. that. And then okay. we, me and Trevor, will judge you and decide who has the best answer. Little little competitiveness. I like that. Yeah, a little competitiveness to get us started. All right, so let's get this going. Uh, favorite aviation movie? Uh, uh, Hot Shots. Oh, yes. Nicole, you're up. <laughs> What's the cartoon one? Which one? The one Tailspin? that's like cars. Oh, Planes. Planes, I love that planes? one. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> little Dusty Crop Hopper. Yeah, he's so cute. <laughs> All right. Best state in the Midwest? Minnesota. Duh. Yeah, Minnesota. Yeah. We're all a little biased, but I'll yeah. accept that as an answer. <laughs> Least favorite aircraft. Ooh. Oh. And, you, and you don't have to have flown it. Um, um man, there's what's that one with the propeller that's oh, they all have propellers mostly except for jets. No. <laughs> it's not where it's supposed to be. Well, as it's like on the thing on top of it. Talking about the Lake Buccaneer. Lake Buccaneer. That's my least favorite. It's so uh, I'm going to get a lot of backlash. <laughs> you know how you kind of cut or and or are making everybody do the unpopular opinion section? Oh, you're going to yeah. jump ahead and get ahead of yourself here or what? I, I can give two unpopular opinions, but I actually think that <laughs> RV-12s are ugly. RV-12s, all right. Yeah. Okay, you know or or like. you know what? Sonics are also kind of ugly. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of with you on the Sonics. Although, yeah. The yeah. only... I like RV-12s. I saw Isn't one. that the kind that I wanted? Well, the nose gear version of RV-12 was kind of ugly. <laughs> oh. oh, okay. There's a specific version of the RV-12. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. Question number four. You know the song With or Without You? Yes. I don't. Um, or without you. You don't know yeah, that song? like that. Okay. At any rate, <laughs> calling, calling ATC with you or without with you? Oh, this one I've already heard you ask people not... <laughs> with you you're not that's with you then all right well no so like when you say i'm with you yeah with no. you three thousand no it's a waste of radio space don't wait <laughs> radio space good answer for those of you who say with you i mean it's you're wrong but it's okay i've done it too <laughs> i when i first started i was with you i thought it was the coolest in the world and then oh, the, me more, too. the more and more i heard it i'm like ah, that's i, I can so, cut that out so i have to i have to be honest oh, I, Trevor's I, with I don't you necessarily guy. say with you i'll say uh, checking in it's not a hotel my brother hit that one out of me when i was getting my ifr ready with my brother i yeah. said it like one time and he was like never again so now i hate <laughs> it all right last question so you're in a hurricane with the hurricane hunters your airplane is not functional anymore you got to make a decision are you going to ditch with the aircraft or are you going to parachute i'm ditching with the aircraft I'd probably say team ditch would be a better chance of survival because you'd have something around you. Mm -hmm. I like it. Well, plus team ditch, you have uh, in in the armpits of the of the one thirty. There's panels that pop off, mm -hmm. and you got twenty and two twenty man life rafts in there. Oh yeah, yeah. So, so you, you just have get, to survive the landing, and you're good to go. Yeah, you yeah. got to stick the landing, you're good to go. Yeah, great. You make it sound so easy. <laughs> so thanks for playing along. Um, and now, without further ado, I think we'll jump right into our questions for you tonight. You guys ready? Like the real questions, like the interview part, yeah. not yeah, our yeah. silly the games. Fun ones. Yeah, the fun ones. Yeah. Um, oh, I was saying we were doing the fun ones. Now we're jumping away from the fun ones. Oh. Yeah, this is the serious oh. stuff that no one, this is when people switch off and fast forward to the bloopers. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, can you guys tell us a little bit about yourselves? So we are Tomas and Nicole. Um, we have been married for almost two years and our first arguable, she did not think the first date <laughs> was the first date. That's the big question of if it was a first date, anyway, but the first time I, the I think we're on a first date, uh, we flew together. We flew together for the first date. Oh, cool. We went flying and I have a cousin that flies and on my way to meet him at the airport, I was on the phone with my cousin and he's like, how many hours does he have? How's the, how are the conditions? Does he know how to fly? And I was like, I don't know. It's probably fine. <laughs> so how does that happen? Like, how did that happen? That you guys had your first date, so to speak, arguably or debatably. Well, we had known each other for several years prior. We were friends. We were okay. in band together at the U of M. So we had known each other. Oh, cool. And then um, our first 
date was flying together. Which I mean, I hate to say it, it's kind of like an easy thing for pilots to do. It's like I'm a pilot. I'm gonna go for a first date in an airplane. It works every time. But uh, <laughs> maybe that's a new segment: pilot dating advice. <laughs> yeah, works for me. You ask, you ask every single person who comes on, "Did you go on a first date with your significant other <laughs> by plane?" So you brought that up. My girlfriend at the time, who's now my wife, we went to a Mexican restaurant in Chaska. So I go, you know, I'm going to go knock out a few landings, maybe fly a little bit. You want to come with? This is the first time we've ever met one another. And you're like, huh? Okay. She's kind of like, <laughs> kind of, okay. And she's like, just so you know, if this doesn't work out, nobody's ever going to be able to match that. <laughs> like, that's kind of the point. Awesome. It is a blessing that I say to Nicole, let's go fly. And she says, where do you want to go? And oftentimes it's the other way. She'll come to me and say, hey, what do you want to do this weekend? Want to go fly somewhere? And it is awesome. It's awesome. You guys have your first date in an aircraft and where do things go from there? Not the date itself. Like, So at the time, Tomas was working as an engineer. And so he was kind of just flying on the side for fun. And he, you would always talk about like, oh, someday it might be cool to become a airline pilot you know, we'll, we'll kind of see. And then in a weird turn of events and COVID and all of that, he kind of decided that that was the path he was going to take. It and was so, time. Yeah. It was time to go. Right. So suddenly he needed, now he needs 1500 hours and it's like, well, what better way than to go flying all over and have a lot of fun with it. So yeah, this is a CFI, but on the side, you know, it's really easy to justify taking bigger trips and spending money doing it because he's going to need the time anyway. So if we're going to either drive all the way to Lake Powell or fly all the way to Lake Powell, I hate long road trips. Like let's get in the airplane. <laughs> let's fly there. That's so much cooler. Sure. You know, I'm kind of in the same boat as you, Tomas, uh, trying to get hours to get into the airlines. You know, it's like, it's so hard to do, but justifying, you know, cross country time and all that sort of stuff. It's insane. So another thing too, with the, the trips and being able to justify the money because I need the time anyway, we, in the middle of COVID, we get married and we decided to go on a honeymoon and we were bold enough to say we were going to do it in the middle of, of coronavirus and not hold off like many people had been doing. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're saying where we want to go. We had talked about a few dreams and decided a few ideas what we want to do. Came down to Florida and instead of saying airlines were at the time, you know, 25% of flights were being canceled. We weren't sure if we we're going to make it. We kind of want to make sure we were going to get there. I brought up this idea. I said, Hey, Nicole, what if we flew ourselves down to Florida for our honeymoon? It's going to take us maybe an extra day each leg to get there, but we can go on our schedule. I need the time. It's going to cost a little more, but the timing wise, I think we have more flexibility to get to do what we want to do and be assured that we will get there. Yeah. And at first she was slightly hesitant. She looked at me and was like, well, I don't know. We'll keep it in the idea box, but we'll, we'll see what we're going to do. It seems so stressful having not done it before to have to plan everything and then pack food and tent and whatever else we were going to bring. Well, that that was another part of it too. She just said pack tent. (laughs) I told her (laughs) what's to save some money to justify doing this. Let's put the tent in the back. And if we're able to pop out the tent, which now I'm like, oh my gosh, why, like, why wouldn't we do that all of the time at the time having not done it, thinking of a classic honeymoon of like, you know, flying down to some all-inclusive resort and just like having everything handed to you. It seems so stressful, but somehow he convinced me. I I feel like it wasn't that hard. It wasn't, it wasn't that hard. She was pretty easily convincible, but honestly it was a bold idea and ended up being one of the coolest things Mm -hmm. that we have done to this day. It was so much fun. So that's kind of where it progressed. And that trip gave us so much confidence to just pack up and go uh, to the point where when the trip Lake Powell came up and we said, how are we going to get there? Well, I need the hours. Let's go fly it and it'll cut a day of travel off. Okay, let's go do the planning. Made it much easier to decide to do that. Wow. That's pretty awesome. How did you get into aviation? Aviation started at a young age. My dad says I slept really well in the 140 we had, the Cessna 140. Uh, he said that I slept better there than not in the airplane. But <laughs> then as I grew to an age close to where somebody could solo, my dad asked me, is this something you're serious about? Is this something you want to do? And my brother's older than me. He already done it before me. I said, yeah, I, I want to do it. I, I do that. So then uh, we had a Satavria 7 ECA at the time. Got me in that. Uh, actually, one step back, we made a downhill racer that had a tailwheel from our 140 on it. 
So I had tailwheel practice before I even gotten into the Sotabria. <laughs> um, and I almost killed myself a few times on that thing. Once we got into the, the air, it was slow progress, but still progress nonetheless. I got my license at 17 and didn't do much with it. Flew probably as much as an average person would fly. And then after college, I decided it was time to get the instrument rating. I was like, I should do this. It's safer and better. And from there, continued progressing all the way through all the ratings until I became a CFI, which is what I do now. One cool thing too about my situation, and we realized we're very fortunate with what we do. We work really hard for these airplanes. These airplanes were totaled at one point and we rebuild them. My dad's a mechanic as well. Oh, nice. So a resource that we are very, very fortunate to, to use. So we rebuild these airplanes that are these dream airplanes and then fly them for as long as we can until they no longer fit the utility and then sell them and get new projects and rebuild them. So oh, that's what we're flying now is airplanes that were at one point crumpled. Oh, wow. So you're talking about taking these aircraft that were all crumpled up and made them flyable again. Could you tell us a little bit about the aircraft that you do have access to right now? Currently, there are three airplanes flyable in our hangar. There is a 185, a Pitt Special, and a Husky, A1B Husky. They each have their own stories. And in, in, in my life, we've had a few more that we've purchased, rebuilt, sold as well. Talking to just on these three, the quick story is the Pitt Special, they took it apart to do some maintenance on it and they couldn't get it back together again. Little did they know they, they had the, a bent frame. So we had to tear it all apart, redo the covering, cut out the bent frame, put it back together again. And it, overall, when it comes to overhauls, that was a relatively small job. The 185, I actually love the story. In fact, it's inspiration for one of the trips that we're looking to go on, hopefully in the next few months. The 185 was out in California and the person that owned it was going into his buddy's grass strip, clipped a cornfield, uh, ground looped it and destroyed it, like tore the gear out of it. My dad said, I don't remember, I was a little bit young when we first got it, but my dad said that when you could walk through the airframe. Oh, so wow. yeah, that was kind of beat up. And I remember the major part I had with that one is my dad sent me into the tail with a bucking bar and earplugs and said, find the rivets that I pushed through and buck them. So <laughs> that was my experience there. And surprisingly, I can hear, still hear some stuff, but <laughs> um, on top of that, one of my most favorite experiences was that was the first engine my dad and I put together. That was the first one I was a part of. So I got to be a part of putting the engine together. It runs like a top. I'm so proud of that engine. And the, the Husky, if you do some research on this Husky, the previous owner, uh, she didn't gear down land it, but it was on amphibs and she flared high submarine the floats and went over the top is what I understand from okay. what all the research and all the broken parts we found on it. We rebuilt this Husky last June and it's kind of been one of the bigger things Nicole and I've been flying is this Husky and it's it's an awesome airplane. It is very, very cool. The floats are hopefully going to be done in the next few months. Hopefully we'll see. So we're, we're slowly rebuilding the floats and then uh, hopefully we'll see some seaplane flying on our channel too. That'd be cool. I look forward to that. Yeah, us Me too. too. <laughs> that'd, be a lot, that'd be a lot better than Swain Martin. <laughs> so how did you turn your aviation passion into the blogging that you do and the Instagram content? I think it really started because I had so many pictures and videos of on my phone of us doing these cool things flying. And, you know, we would show our parents or, you know, our friends, but I'm not going to post them all on my Facebook. Like nobody needs to see that many pictures of airplanes or. Well, that's well, debatable. <laughs> that's well, debatable. Clearly, some people do want to see it. So we started just over a year ago, I think. We started pretty much just at the honeymoon. It started with just random pictures. And I really, truly thought like my friends can look at it if they want to. It would be cool if it became something. And then we started following other people who flew like fly me to the fun. I don't know if you know who they are, wow. but they were kind of like a big inspiration for us. As we started watching other people we're like, Oh, we can make reels like this. Actually what we do not, I don't think we ever take it for granted, but I don't think that we know how many people are curious to see <laughs> what we're doing. So we just started to make reels and post more and more. And somehow when we hit 10K, I was like, what? 10,000 people? It's been fun to watch people react to trips that we do or ask us questions. Sometimes we get messages from people like, oh, I've always wanted to learn how to fly. Can you give me some advice on how to get started? And it's just really cool to connect with people that way. 
Oh, for sure. And then I'm like, hey, Tomas, you got to respond to this message because I don't know how. (laughs) (laughs) They're asking what kind of engine it is. I don't know. (laughs) One of the guys that I thought was my biggest inspiration, I think I was deployed to Afghanistan and I came across uh, Mr. Aviation 101. So Josh Flowers. Mm-hmm. And he was one of those guys that he was just, if, you, if you've ever been on a trip, let's just call it a trip for a very long time. And you're like, you need motivation to kind of keep going and you're living for the next day or the next week. And that's, that's exactly how it was for, for Josh and Josh and I, we've gotten to had some pretty good conversations over the years. He was really the reason why I got back into flying and got to really where I'm at now. Was there a specific turning point for the two of you when you kind of noticed that things were really taking off with your Instagram? It was, it was kind of interesting. We saw the followers growing and every day we saw a big number. It was like, wow, that's a big number. Like we just got 10 followers today. And then the next week or a couple of weeks later, we'd be like, holy cow, that is 30 followers. And then it just kept, I mean, it would ebb and flow, but it would keep going up and up. And I think, I don't know what the max in one At day some has point, been. It but... was like 300 followers in one day. And we were wow. like, what we're famous (laughs) so i guess there wasn't in my opinion maybe nicole disagree there wasn't a single point i think the point and now this is like a therapy talk for all of us i think (laughs) the point that made me realize that it's kind of taken off was we posted a reel and now you can go back and look at it we were trying to do something lighthearted and fun just something like you know, we don't spend a ton of money when we do these trips. We're lucky enough to be in this great flying club with family and we fix our own airplanes and we save a lot of money in these ways. But how can you explain that in a 10 second reel? So we did something like how we can afford flying cross country, which in hindsight was a terrible title for the video. I thought it was great. (laughs) Anyway, we said we had like three points. It was like one, we make our own food along the way. And it was like a video of me grilling hot dogs at the airport. I'm watching it right now. we always find cheap fuel you got it so we which we do we fly like a a little we always calculate how much money will it take us to fly there and like how many miles out of the way is it how much money are we going to save by getting you know 50 cent cheaper gas and we always like have this calculation if it's a break even i need the hours anyway so i might as well just break even and get more time and then what was the third thing that we camp at the airport? So mm-hmm. we save money on hotel. Anyway, it ended up People getting hated it. a ton of comments, a lot of hate about like how privileged we are and that we don't understand, you know, how lucky we are, which I was like, Tomas, let's shut this page down. I felt so guilty. I felt like I had just hurt everybody in the world. And Tomas was like, yes, we're getting so many comments. <laughs> you know, I take my answer back. There was a turning point. The turning point. Well, there's a couple in this single video. There's like three turning points. First turning point is one, it blew up. The second turning point is when people hated it and they actively commented how terrible we were to say we had this privilege and that we didn't understand what privilege we had. The third turning point is one people we had no idea who they were defended us. Mm-hmm. Once people started saying like, you guys don't know the rest of their life. You don't know all you- of this. I was like, oh my gosh, there are people out there who care to defend me and they don't even know who I am. And that's kind of yeah. when I thought like, you know what? You can't pay attention to the hate comments as much as I like wanted to cry about it. It's like Wreck-It Ralph, <laughs> don't look at the comments. Yeah, don't look at the comments. Just post things and there will be people who enjoy it. And the people who don't, I will continue to try to please. <laughs> <laughs> How do you decide where to go? That's a really good question. Uh, there's the obvious ones. With the the honeymoon, we kind of decided where we wanted to go, and the airplane was how to get there. Lake Powell. But even even to the honeymoon, we knew that we were going to spend the first night in Nashville because it was just part of it, and we didn't camp that night. But other times, we were like, okay, there's a storm storm rolling in. We know we have between here and here, and I don't know what Facebook group you're on. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, so there's a few really good Facebook groups. There's the Midwest Fly-In Air Show Facebook group, which is yep. awesome. Thanks, Jamie, for making the Facebook page because it's been working out great. The Facebook page was really good because when we were coming home from Florida, for instance, we ended up coming home in two legs, two days. And uh, the first day, we knew we were going to get gas in Georgia because it was three bucks a gallon, which was like the cheapest in all of the Southeast. And when you're getting hundred gallons, that was awesome. Uh, so from there, we knew how much time we had to get to anywhere. So I posted a post and said, I'm going between 
Georgia and Minnesota, somebody tell me a place that they were impressed with camping. Mm-hmm. And somebody said Falls of Rough, Kentucky. It was a little out of the way. We decided to go with uh, two India three, if you're looking it up. It was probably one of the most awesome airports we've been to. Whenever to people, day. whenever we see people, you know, at an airport or whatever, and they say, oh, we're, you know, what's the coolest airport you've been to? We're always like Falls of Rough. It was so nice. It had a nice little runway. (laughs) Am I explaining it well yet? (laughs) We could put, you know, the tent right next to it. They had showers, bathrooms. It was right on a beautiful lake. So you just walk probably a quarter mile. You're down swimming at the lake. They had mini golf and they had a restaurant with all you can eat fried chicken. And it was like real Kentucky, like Real Kentucky, Kentucky chicken? Kentucky. Oh, <laughs> fried it was so chicken. good. Oh, my it God. It was the best ever. It was so good. So if you go, you have to eat the fried chicken. So to answer the question, in this case, this happened a couple of times. I did the same thing when we were going to Lake Powell as well. But crowdsourcing, um, coincidentally not associated with our page, has worked out quite well. Uh, only reason why I wouldn't do it quite as much with flying tandem is because usually we need some quick, pretty quick, repeatable sources. And I think the, you know, you get probably more trolls and random responses out of social media page like that. But sure. oh, yeah. so people have helped us quite a bit say, go here. The parking here is cheap. Oh, I think or also else, sometimes, oh. sometimes when I'm bored, I'll just Google like, uh, you know, Minnesota airports with courtesy car or Minnesota airports Grass. that allow camping. And then you just get those random lists. And then I just kind of look at them one by one, like, oh, that one's by like, that'd be cool. Like we went to Starbucks. Well, that Minnesota. was really cool. Starbucks, Minnesota. Anybody who's flying in the middle of Minnesota, go there. It's a easily a, like a quarter mile walk to a restaurant on the lake. The grass Less than that. Beautiful. It was like a block. It was yeah, so nice. It was awesome. so nice. Airplane camping is so much fun. Have you guys done it before? I haven't. I have not. Low wing, kind of hard to do. Yeah. (laughs) It's so much fun to just put all of your stuff in the airplane. We went to Cornucopia, which I don't know how we found out about that. No, once again, it was a Facebook post and somebody posted, go here, Cornucopia. Uh, Northern Wisconsin is just west of Madeline Island. Okay, yeah. Oh, okay. Technically a private strip, but anybody can go. You don't need permission. Hmm. It's only private out of a technicality because of the way the runway is set up. And it's like true, <laughs> truly camping. You're there's no they have water. The FBO is like a shed. Yeah, it, a yep. shed you would have in your backyard. And they have like a couple bikes in there. And they actually had a quite they had like a first aid kit, Chargers. you know, just like random nice stuff to have. Sure. And then they had a map you would bike down to the city, swim in Lake Superior, freeze your butt off, bike back. Yeah, why not? One of our goals long, longer term. I won't put a timeline on it. Fly to the Bahamas. Yep. I feel like that's, you know, everybody wants to do that, but oh, yeah. how fun would that be? We may or may not have taken that idea from Fly Me to the Fun. That yeah, may have been one. It. Yeah. They did that's it for okay. If they can do it in a 150, we can do it. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's a spirit. Yeah, you can do it for sure. I don't know I, why you're not planning it right now. Or or <laughs> flying down the Hudson. Well, the corridor. I'm actually oh, that's a corridor. That. I, I have a lot of experience and I've been around a lot of different experiences and the Hudson corridor for some reason freaks me out. What's your favorite thing to do in the airplane? Like what would be the, the high of your journey thus far? You know, this, this trip to Lake Powell, I wish we could really show it on social media and pictures and our own Facebooks as much as it was truly as impressionable as it was. I remember we were flying to Lake Powell. It was a three day, lay, three legs to get there. And when we got there, both of us were like speechless with our phones and cameras and GoPros glued to the windows. All of, all of our footage has both of us being like, oh my gosh, this is the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. And then silence for like 10 minutes. and like, can you even believe it? <laughs> like the, the two of us are, are pretty conversational when we're going for these five hour day legs, which is somewhat average for what we do in a single day, we'll do five hours or so. When we got to Lake Powell, we were both silent as we were going in and out of these canyons. It was awe-inspiring. Especially after going through three hours of, you know, you kind of leave the mountains and it starts to become more of de- desert. And then you go over Monument Valley and you're like, Oh, that's where Forrest Gump? Yeah, that's all I could think about. <laughs> <laughs> and then, you you know, you go through all this desert. You might see one little river and it's just like completely deserted. And then you start to see Lake Powell, you know, just a little bit of the river. And then it starts to grow and it's 
it was unbelievable. So that was obviously amazing. Honestly, my favorite thing to do in the airplane is when we pack up the plane, kind of take your time getting there, you know, the sun sets late. So, you know, just pack everything up. Which kills my mom because she's like, what, you guys are flying? It's like almost dark. It's like, yes, we're flying. It's almost dark. We're going to get there. And then getting somewhere, setting up your tent, kind of figuring out. One of the fun things that we've done now a couple of times when we camp is we get somewhere and it's dark. And if you've never been there before, you're like, I don't know, I guess here's a good spot to put this tent. And then you wake up in the morning, you're like, oh, this is where I am. (laughs) Oh, we're right in the middle of the grass runway. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. no. (laughs) Thankfully, that hasn't happened yet. But So we talked about the high. What's the low? What's your what's your worst destination you ever gone to? This podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. When we, we started this trip to Lake Powell, it was a week of shoot, the weather is gonna be bad. And this is a stationary front that isn't moving. How do we get through? And I kid you not, I was working on that project to plan us through uh, isolated thunderstorms. Mm-hmm. We're probably about a, I'd say tentatively planning for at least a week and hardcore planning for two days, figuring out. And on top of that, we didn't even know how, where we we're going to stop. So figuring out how to do everything relatively economical for sure safe. And I was pretty stressed for a couple of days. I was pretty stressed until we got through that line. Mm-hmm. Well, that night when we talked about the, uh, the cow manure tent camping, that was actually quite a relief because that meant we had made it through. What was that airport that we got gas at where I made those quesadillas under the... Oh, it was like Elkhart or something like that. Elkhart. It wasn't bad. It just was so hot. And we had just gone through, it was on the same trip. So I feel like I was still wearing like long sleeves and long pants. And I was so hot. It was ridiculous. And the sun was beating down. And then I was using my camping stove, making whatever food we were going to eat for lunch. It was extremely hot so it's, it's funny you ask about the lows which both of us gave answers on the same trip also or that, we talk about a high yeah it's the same trip as the high the probably that was the worst location we've ever been to mm-hmm. but honestly even then every fbo has its own charm in its own way and honestly mm-hmm. i don't think i've ever been to one where i thought i wouldn't stay the night here or i wouldn't feel safe here or it's completely disgusting or whatever like i feel like you know somebody you know what that means that. right What's that mean? You guys are wizards at picking out the right places. Maybe. <laughs> We've gotten lucky. Any big goals you, you guys have? Well, I, I have a few airplane goals that we may or may not be able to do. I was mentioning the 7 ECA Satabria that I learned in. Mm-hmm. We ended up selling that to buy the Husky project uh, not that long ago. And I know roughly where it is. I know that it's in Washington State and I'd love to go uh, fly it again. Now fly as many airplanes as I have. The guy said, if you ever come out here, let me know. We'll go fly it. So I'd love to go fly that. I'd love to bring the 185 back to the scene of the crash. Just to be like, hey, look, it's it's fixed. It's better. The world is right again. Uh, we've talked about flying to Alaska and how to do that the best way. That's on our list of possible ideas. Um, oh, that one scares me a little bit because I just haven't ever flown into Canada before. But we've also talked about doing it with 100-gallon tanks. You could go across Canada and not stop. With the seaplane, we really can't wait to go to the cabin. Uh, Before I was a CFI, we used to go to the cabin a lot. We used to go uh, 5 to 15 times a year. And since being a CFI, I have gone once this year, and that was New Year's. So we haven't been... And when this seaplane is done, we will go for dinner every night. We don't it's even care. Just north of the lake. So it's like perfect distance away to be able to either go Sorry. for the weekend or just go for the night. I guess other things that are uh, hopefully coming up is I would love to be able to solo. I think that all the flying adventures that we do, like the story that just came out of that passenger landing the plane perfectly. She was I was inspired. like, that could be me. <laughs> But I would actually love to learn more. And I feel like Tomas always says, I know more than I think I know. And it's like, which is super frustrating for me. (laughs) I have no idea how much she knows. And I know everybody I work with doesn't know as much as she knows. But I do think it would be cool to get my private pilot's license. Not that I would need to fly alone a lot, but I think it would just be good to know. Like you were talking, oh, if I got my private pilot's, I'd need to know, you know, the type of engine and how all the systems work. I think I should know that. So that's a goal. Um, Tomas last year started dabbling and flying the pit special with his brother. His brother's 
very good at aerobatic flying. So Tomas is kind of dabbling in that. And I wasn't truly interested. This is a quick tangent story. Wasn't really interested <laughs> in aerobatics very much. And honestly, it's a little bit of politics between my brother and dad and, and how the airplane's set up and, and the, the way they fly the airplane. So I didn't want a part of it. And then we went to Oshkosh for the first time in my life. Last year's Oshkosh was my first. I grew up going to Oshkosh. My dad was a GA pilot and a mechanic at Northwest. So we always went. And when we started dating, I was like, yeah, you go to Oshkosh. He's like, no, I've never been. What? We're going to Oshkosh. (laughs) So anyway, going to Oshkosh, I looked at all these people flying these airplanes and I'm like, I could do that. Like I, I have the skills required to fly that airplane. How do I do that? So now it's like, my brother said, let's go fly the pits. And I was like, yeah, okay. It's time. I have, I received the bug. It is time to go fly some aerobatics. There you go. There you go. There you go. So one of my big questions is kind of like a gag question. Oh, here we go. I've been waiting for this. I forgot about this one. Can't wait. (laughs) Forgot about this one. So you know how couples, so it's like, honey, what do you want for dinner? I don't know. What do you want for dinner? I don't know. What do you want for dinner? Do you guys have that same sort of debate on where you guys, where you guys fly? You know, every once in a while we do, but it's, it's not even when we want to go somewhere. It's when we have an hour and it's like, you know, I get done with work late or whatever. And we meet at the hangar and then it's like, what do you want to do? We have an hour or there's weather coming. What do you want to, what do you want to see? And it's like, he needs the time, you know, we might need some content. And it's always like, do we fly around the twin cities again? Again, (laughs) we go like over the St. Croix again. <laughs> I think that those are the times when it's like, I don't know, I'm fine flying. Where do you want to go? Your most unpopular aviation opinion and go. You go first. I was trying to think, well, I came up with one. I'm trying to remember what it was though. Um, I can't remember if you, if you have one, go for it. Do, 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 you know, I'll, <laughs> I'll give a, this might be the only one. So it might not be a blooper. We'll see. Uh, Brian Turner is wrong. Tailwheel pilots are better. Oh, <laughs> you've thrown on the gauntlet. Now I think it's something else. If you want to throw it in, whatever. I, don't care. I think we should put it in somewhere because he yeah, does still listen gonna, on occasion. It's going to go in somewhere. Yeah, he does. He does listen. Anyway, carry on. Brian Turner's wrong. <laughs> Here's another one. If you don't want to throw that in the main one, night flying is awesome. So many pilots are afraid of night flying. Like my coworkers are afraid of night flying, and. I love flying at night so much. I love it. I'm with you. Team night flying. <laughs> <laughs> what do you have? <laughs> My unpopular one is only unpopular because I just got yelled at for doing this. That you should be able to say runway eight, not zero eight. Ooh. Hmm. <laughs> I haven't heard that one before. That, that's, yelled at you. that's terrible. No, who I yelled at you? What? Who yelled at you? Oh, it was you. <laughs> I thought it was one of those just random stinkers you're referring to in the aviation he is community. The stinker, no, he is the stinker. Okay. <laughs> no, he didn't yell at me, but he pointed out that it's better to say zero eight. So now I will well, say like zero eight. LA Gamo, you have runway one four and zero. Actually, four. I change it also because I, I do kind of understand why zero makes sense. But. Maybe this isn't unpopular. Part of the problem is I don't know what's popular and unpopular. It's we don't just... either. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. Perfect. Perfect. When you say your radio call, you should just say one six, not runway one six, right? I bet you that's unpopular. Is that unpopular? People. Yeah, I think I think guys. that's popular. I think that's unpopular. Um, I get a, I I'm very popular with the unpopular opinions, especially in the Facebook realm. I'm so, trying to think of what is. Here's is another it unpopular one. to want to not have a uh, to be just open in the air? Oh, open no canopy. canopy. Yeah, is that unpopular? Because I would always like to be in an open canopy in the summer. Huh. Hmm. I don't think it's unpopular. Well, it's uncommon, but it's uncommon. Oh, I would go with that. Yeah. Small snippet before I not well. He's always been my cousin, but before I started dating Tomas, I have a cousin that lives in Switzerland. I don't know if you guys oh, saw. Thank, thank you for clarifying that because you said he's always been my cousin. No, no, Tomas is not my cousin. <laughs> we are not related. <laughs> I didn't think so, but if you were, I'd have felt really bad. Really edit that out. <laughs> oh, funny. I have a cousin that lives in Switzerland and before Tomas and I started dating, he is a pilot and we went flying and he had access to a Buker oh. and 
so we did some aerobatics open canopy in the Bucher and it was so cool. And they live right by the Swiss Alps. So we were kind of going around the Alps doing, you know, whatever. So that open canopy. And now every time I fly in an airplane, I'm like, yeah, but I could be in an open canopy. How <laughs> Listen, it's been a lot of fun tonight. Um, you guys are awesome. I, I've been watching you guys for the past, I don't know, six months or so on Instagram. Thank you. Um, it's yeah, just it. keep it up. You know, you guys, you, you guys are an inspiration, especially coming from the Midwest. You know, you got a lot of people that, that go from like UND and, oh, I'm from Ember Riddle and this and that. Yes, I'm alienating a lot of people. <laughs> I was going to say, we're, you are totally used to it. Listeners. <laughs> yeah, keep, we're used to keeping it. Keeping it local is awesome. So <laughs> thank keep you. Keep it up. I, I yeah. totally agree. And it, I just love the, um, just you two sharing this together. It's just wholesome is a cheesy word to use, but like, I, <laughs> I, I just, I think that's so cool. The two of you sharing this passion for aviation together and then sharing it with all of us. I, I really enjoy it too. So thank you. Yeah. Well, thank you guys for watching. It's, it's been a lot of fun to create the channel and, you know, share with everybody what we do for fun. Well, maybe after we do some of our crazy adventures that we just talked about, we'll do a part two with you guys. Yes. Am I inviting I like myself it. back on? Um, <laughs> I'm going to allow, allow it. it. Perfect. <laughs> well, thanks so much for having us on. We appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, it's been so cool talking to you guys. We really yeah, you guys are awesome. Too. Keep up the great work. Yeah. Um, we're looking forward to having you guys on after Oshkosh. Yeah. Sounds good. And Let time. us know. They seem really cool and willing to put up with our nonsense for. <laughs> and they and they had a list hours. too. They did. I thought that was really awesome. I did too. So, yeah, I. I'm so excited to see what they can do with their channel and where that takes off to. Uh, it just, it seems like they didn't plan on it being, you know, kind of like 16,000 people subscribe to them, but maybe could, you we can imagine, if, could you imagine if we got to that point? Maybe. I don't know. What's this? This is just fun. I know it's just fun, but eventually we're going to have to do something with it. Maybe we'll see where it goes. Yeah, we'll see where it goes. Huge thanks to Tomas and Nicole for coming on the podcast. Again, it's really cool when we're able to find listeners of the podcast that are able to come and chat with us and contribute their stories to our little community. Well, I know you couldn't make this interview, Maddie, but next time we're going to do something special. And I hope you can make it for that one because we're going to try to do a live episode. This might be a huge disaster and something for everyone to really get a great kick out of, but we're going to give it a shot anyways. I mean, this, I mean, this live is happening because of me. So you're welcome, but also sorry for the work. <laughs> sorry for the potential disaster this may cause. Stay tuned for something wildly exciting and maybe even a giveaway. This will be an incentive to broadcast our podcast. Spread it out across the Midwest, the flying Midwest. Yeah, help us get the word out. Yeah, please do. This is going to be really, really fun. Even if it's a disaster, it's going to be fun. I think that if anyone wants to know more about the giveaways, keep watching our social media in the next week or two, and we will get more information and details about the live broadcast. Thanks for tuning in to the Flying Midwest podcast. And until next time. See ya. See ya. See ya. Let's Chef 536 contact Minneapolis Center 132.35 today. Thanks so much for joining us on the Flying Midwest Podcast. Until next time, podcast service terminated, Squawk VFR, frequency change approved. Good day. Hey, Flying fans, it's time for the flooper. Oh. <laughs> it's time for the flooper reels. Rhyming. Can't rhyming. take him anywhere. Rhyme. Like a nursery rhyme. Like, like rhyme icing. icing. Frick, we're both nerds. Oh no! <laughs> this is Denver. We saw many a dispensary. My sister's like, let's go in one and just look. And I and my parents were like, and just look. Okay. <laughs> horrified. <laughs> yeah. This is uh, uh, my sister and I have never touched a weed in our lives. So, wait, but like that's still. Before? No, I'm super unhelpful in the summertime. This is not a factual article. I've decided. You have One, decided? I've Let never me be heard the of 538.com. Never heard of it. Two, it's based off of survey results. We, it's like going on family feud.
We asked 100 people which states are in the Midwest. If you're a legitimate CFI, unlike myself, please chime in because I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Thanks to that one guy who made a good joke so Jim could steal it. It was a good joke. <laughs> it's not the first time that's happened, Jim. What? That someone has made a good joke or that I've stolen a joke and take both? But I've given credit where credit is due. I know. I know. You have. I even stopped and said, hey, Trevor, do you want to say this? And he said, no, that's okay. Or creepy, as Trevor says, Trevor, what are you doing? Dad, he's being weird. I will turn this podcast around. I already told you. Do you guys buy, so, do you have your taildrager endorsements? Uh, no, I'm a real pilot like uh, Brian Turner. <laughs> I thought Trevor was going to talk about feeding babies. Oh, I forgot about that one. Yes. Trevor didn't. Go for it, Trevor. He got a look on his face like, I didn't forget. Operation Baby Feed, which is not to be confused. Which is not to be confused with like these burger burns and pancake feeds that they do at airports. (laughs) We're not serving babies. (laughs) There's a special place in hell for me. I think we've already established that. Save me a seat. This site cannot be reached. Your kids are streaming too many things while you're doing this podcast. <laughs> if I like shaved all off, my hair's so thin that I would look like a balding man. So I'm not doing that. I know what that looks like. MTSB be damned. <laughs> <laughs> Famous last words when I have an incident. Like, hey, remember that one time on your podcast when you said MTSB be damned? <laughs> remember us? What are you that's, talking about? We have a podcast. I was going to say, that's really the only reason that Tura wanted to do this podcast, to get enough notoriety for Josh Flowers to talk to him again. <laughs> You're going to have to just edit out the blankness. That's I'm really good at that. That and the things that Trevor says. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> like 90% of the things that I say doesn't end up on the episode. 98. I will turn this podcast around. I already